So uh, a question I wanted to hear from, from you, I was talking to Cody about it, but um, running yourself too thin and wearing yourself too thin, you guys are always chasing the next thing. Um, you guys have so much shit going on now, all yeah. these different business endeavors and you know, uh, the metal roofing to uh, whatever the hell else you guys have going on, marketing, steel buildings. How, how do you manage that and why not just focus on one thing and do it super great? Um. I don't know. I think I've, I've heard the word tossed around like serial entrepreneur <laughs> and uh, over the years. And uh, I, I just love the idea of like creating something. And yeah, don't get me wrong, like, we do really good with UPLP. Um, but we're always, you're always looking for your client. Like every year we get new clients. And then the next year you get new clients. It's a constant chase. Yeah, whereas like with Hardscape Supply, once I get the client, they buy again. And right. again, and again, and again. I don't have to look for them. Yeah. Um, with uh, the social media, same thing. Like once you have a client, they basically pay you monthly. Right. So it's just recurring income. Um, the... Profit may not be as high on recurring income, but you're not working for it all the time, right? Like if if I got 50 dealers that are selling my product, they're probably selling it to 100 different companies each. So they got, I got 5,000 people that are essentially buying from me yeah. and I don't have to look for them. And they buy every single month. Whereas with UPLP, we might do 25 jobs a year um, but that's it or that's, or that's it but yeah once I do that client sure they may spend 500, 600, 7, 8, 9 a million dollars with us but the odds of me ever talking to that client again is like slim yeah. unless they sell their house and they want to do another one then what, where are we like we're never, right. we're never we're never going back because we, we build it for life you do it once and, and it's done, right? Um, so I think if, I mean, <laughs> I've talked to some companies and they say they, they build their projects and then the, as soon as it's out of the warranty period, it fails <laughs> and then they go back and they fix it and the client calls them back. Um, maybe maybe I should have built that business model, but I mean. The shit you guys throw on the ground. Yeah, like at the end of the day, if you build something that's going to last and it stays on the ground and it's the right thing and you, you do the project right, I mean, we get paid right for it. Like, that's the thing. Like, yeah. we, we charge what should be charged in the industry where I think a lot of guys that are out there aren't charging what they should. Yeah. Um, and, and like we were talking about off camera, like, I... I I'd love to know what some of these other guys are doing, what they're charging, what their bank accounts look like. Um, well, what they're bringing home at the end of the day is what exactly. really It's like, like, we see a lot of guys out there and they got, they got 100 employees and they, they, they got 50 trucks and, and they look like they're huge. Um, but then, like, they just, they seem like they're struggling all the time. Like, yeah. as as an owner, if you got to me, 
if I get to the point where I got 100 employees and 50 trucks out there, you best believe I want to be driving around in a Bugatti and not working. Like, it yeah. just, once you get to that point of that many employees and that much work, you have to be making enough money to make it worth it to be there. Yeah, worth all that headaches, right? Exactly. And I want you to touch on that. It's so impressive how you guys, the number you guys do, and I don't know if you want to want to share that or not, but um, with such a little amount of employees, and I'm sure a big part of that is uh, machines, the right yeah, equipment. But. Like, I mean, we, we spend our money on equipment. Um, yeah, we spend our money on employees and everything like that as well, but at the end of the day, uh, equipment shows up every day and like we do anywhere from like three to four million dollars a year um, with essentially 10 to 15 guys max usually throughout the year plus plus some office staff and that as well obviously yeah. um, but like we we're just very efficient like when we can come in we got rototilts and great control on all our machines. So we can come in, dig a pool, get rid of basically the whole cut for all the interlock and everything, prep the whole backyard, um, set panels, do exterior concrete and rough bottom in a pool in the first day and usually form the pad. Um, and then second day we'll plumb the pool, plumb the pad, install equipment, backfill, and do the collar and the smooth bottom. So it's basically ready to swim other than a liner on day two. And then, uh, I mean, depending on how everything goes, you, uh, what, what time you're ready, you can, you can start doing uh, coping and yeah. whatnot the same day. Like we did a pool up in Severn that we had good access on. And uh, there was about 800 square feet of stone, a natural stone water feature. Um, I think the pool was, uh, 1530, uh, 1530 or 1632. And we banged that pool out in like three and a half days. Fully wow. complete 800 square feet fence, uh, water feature, everything. Holy um, shit. So we, and was that one you commuted to do like, no, we, we stayed right there. So we, like, it was long hours. We were up at five in the morning and we didn't go to bed till 10 o'clock cause we were living right on site. Yeah. Um, and we said to our guys, we're like, if we can finish this, it was supposed to rain on the Thursday and Friday. Um, so I actually think we got three and a half days because it rained halfway through the Thursday and we didn't get to work Friday. Um, and we were, we were done and we, we told the guys on Monday, we're like, hey, if we can finish this before the end of the week, before it rains, like there's a bonus for everybody, 500 bucks extra. Yeah. Like, everybody each gets 500 bucks. And I think there was, how many guys were down there? We have five or six of us down there maybe to do that one. Um, and yeah, like basically it was like we we're functioning on those days. Electrician was in on second day, that's, um, that's... wired everything up. Gas guy was there second day, wired everything up or getting but plumbed it for gas. Um, the first day after concrete, um, we plumbed the pool. So then first thing in the morning we could backfill. And backfilled in the morning, we did concrete at like 11 o'clock, um, set the water feature after lunch, and then finished coping by like, I don't know, five, six o'clock, and then banged out in a 
up on day day three and fence on day three and then just polysighted on the, on the fourth Jeez. like halfway through the day and like that's a uh, right 200 something maybe just over two hundred thousand dollar job so like wow yeah it's wow that's that's how we and i mean that being said i was on site cody was on site my dad was on site um we had that was i think it was not a lot this year the, the follow the year previous um that's probably the fastest pool we've ever done i think fully complete ready yeah. to go um but like everybody was just very into it like and, and what do you feel is like the the understanding that the guys need to have or, or the persona or standards that you need to put in place within the organization so everyone knows the common goal of like listen we need to we need to hammer down our season is so fucking short that it's it's go time um so to be honest like if if you treat your guys really good you hope they treat you good back. Sometimes it doesn't always go like that. Um, and you just have to be willing to like, lay the hammer down sometimes and be like, hey man, like, you know better than this. Yeah. Um, we had it kind of near the end of this year and, and years in the past where guys get to the point where it's just like, it's, it's, it's a long set of hours you run every single week and yeah. you get tired at the end of the year. And like, there's things you can do to make the stuff right without ripping it up. And you just go, hey man, like your lines aren't straight on the interlock. Pick it all back up. It sucks picking interlock up. Yeah. And then re-putting it down like it's a nightmare. Um, so you do that to them once a year. They don't fuck up after that. For, for the last, I don't know, six or seven years, um, we've, we've taken our guys on vacation at the end of every season. This is actually the first year we didn't. Um, Why is that? Uh, so to be honest, we buy a lot of new equipment, a lot of tools, a lot of new saws, drills, everything. And we had a lot of guys this year that super good quality. They just don't, they just, they didn't care about the tools. And uh, we had about, I don't even know, eight or nine sets of drills and drivers go missing. And uh, I just said to guys, and then we had guys like showing up late. Yeah. And um, I just said, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not taking a bunch of guys on vacation that don't, don't care about my stuff. At the end of the day, like all the drills and drivers was probably like 10 grand right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like at the beginning of each season, we usually buy like, 40 or 50 tape measures. At the end of the season, we got like two left. Um, so it's like, if you, if you can't take care of stuff, you just get to a point and like, so a lot of these guys have been with us a long time and they know. And uh, so again, it was just kind of laying the hammer down this year and being like, hey man, if you don't, if yeah. you don't put in what I expect you to put in and I get that we're going back to the site the next day, but if you leave a driver and a drill sitting on the homeowners, front patio or something, somebody walks by and sees it, they're going to take it. Yeah. Um, or you, you, the end of the job, you end up leaving it out there on the back porch and then it's the homeowners after that. And I mean, you get the auto homeowner that'll call you and be like, hey, 
like you left some of your stuff here, but some of them just like, hey man, I just got a new set of Milwaukee, sick. <laughs> I paid these guys to be here for a while, so I might as well keep them anyway. <laughs> well, and, and then touching on the guys as well, like having all this fancy shit and, and having that persona, like we, we touched on off camera, like it's, it's worked out for you guys showing up to clients' houses and, yep. and um, being able to relate and talk to that stuff with whether it's city folks or whatnot. Yep. Um, but the guys and the culture, how does it affect that friend? Um, we've had we've had both. Um, a lot of guys who come to work are super proud. They're like, oh man, I think I love working for a company that's got really nice stuff. Yeah. Um, you got nice equipment, you got nice cars, you got like you're super successful and some people are like, they want to be around that. Um, and then we've had the opposite end of the spectrum where like guys are jealous and they're like, fuck you, you drive Lambos and McLarens and you got boats and this and that and, and I don't have any of that. Um, to me, I, I love success. I love, I love seeing people do well. Um, like I was saying to you, like to be at your age, um, I don't know if anybody out here knows how young you are, but fuck man, at 17, yeah. you're, you're killing it. Like to have, to have the trucks that you have and, and have the clients that you have and, and, and be doing what you do is like, you should be super proud of yourself as well because like, I know as a young kid when I started, it's hard. Yeah. And, uh, it's hard to uh, it's hard to harbor like relationships with women. Uh, I mean, I got kids. It's my kids get upset. Like I'm gone a lot. I live out of town for work. Um, so all that stuff's hard. And I mean, you're gonna go through it as well. Like as you uh, get a little older, you find a wife or whatever. Yeah. It's it's tough, man. Like they they say like the. Uh, the, the depression rate, suicide rates are so high among self-employed people because they're just so into their work and and it's stressful, man. Like, well, not so so into their work, but you're, you're carrying everyone on your back, whether it's your family, exactly. your wife, but also you employ 15 guys, you're feeding 15 other families besides exactly. your things. Yeah, right? like it's, and, and we care a lot. Like I, I care about my employees a ton. Like I, I can't, me and Cody can't run the business without our guys. Um, so like we get back to them a lot. Like we lay a lot of guys off for the winter because uh, we, we don't do a whole lot in the winter. But like we've had th this year and per last year actually, we had two different employees that uh, they were really good employees, begged to stay on. Well, one begged to stay on over the winter. We paid them all winter. And then uh, he took off and pretty much now. And uh, here I am sitting there trying to find another employee and I paid him to sit at home in the, in the thought that, okay, he's gonna be there in the spring. We're yeah. gonna be good and I don't wanna lose the guy because he's really good. And then, and then he takes advantage and then we had another one. Um, he was making 120 grand a year and he was a mason. And uh, we, we were pretty much, we worked six, seven months a year. After that, we get laid off or whatever. We yeah. lay our guys off, but some guys like will keep on if their salary. And uh, last year when I was building my house or pretty much building it, then I said to the one guy, I'm like, hey, like you're a mason, I need help. Like finishing my house, finishing the masonry. 
And he goes, well, if, if, uh, if I'm doing that and it's after like our season and it's for you, then you're gonna have to pay me more. And I'm like, man, like you get $120,000 for working six months a year, which is a really good salary in our industry. And like for six months a year, like <laughs> you're 20 grand a month, right? Like pretty much. And so like, it's, it's good money. And when he did that, I was like, Hey man, like when you needed a truck, cause you're broke down, I gave you a truck. And when you took my truck, because your truck broke down, you got a gas card from me. And the thing is, is it's, it's very hard to find. It's not hard to find good employees, but it's hard to find somebody who will stay with you and care about you as much as you care about them. Yeah. Because, uh, I don't know, they, they, a lot of guys think you're always rich, right? Like, oh, you got your own company, you can do this, you can do that. But they go home at whatever time, say six o'clock or seven whatever, if you, if, if you leave at six o'clock, you leave at six o'clock, whereas as an owner, you don't. Yeah. You, you never really leave work. Even though you're sitting at the kitchen table at like nine o'clock eating your dinner, you're still working. But yeah, like your head's going 20%, that's the only thing you can really think about, right? Yeah. Like, like it's, I hate to say it, but what you're saying with the maze and stuff, like that's becoming somewhat normal of, People, whether it's not wanting to work or feeling like they're worth way more than they are, and just being entitled, like this next generation, you see what these kids are doing. Yeah. It's it's honestly fucking scary. <laughs> it is, right. man. We've had we've had interviews um, that, that guys have came in and literally said, All right, I want thirty dollars an hour. I've never landscaped. I've never built pools. I don't own work boots. I've never done construction. And if I'm coming to work here, I want to have my phone on me all the time. And I want to be able to message my girlfriend if she messaged me. Well, at least I'm honest with you. I usually don't get, <laughs> but get the honesty there. The, the entitledness yeah. is like, and I, I, I don't know where, like, I don't know whether the decrease in the economy now is going to drive better employees. Um, Cause I know during COVID where everybody was super, super busy, then it was hard to find guys who pretty much, if you were a good guy, you could go any company, ask for whatever wage and they would say yes. Yeah. And as long as you showed up, they would do anything you asked for. I think now with the downturn in the economy, I've actually seen multiple companies already go bankrupt, um, shut down, say they're slow. I, I think a lot of guys are gonna be crawling out of the woodworks going, hey man, I was working for these guys and uh, they don't have shit anymore, so yeah. uh, can you help me? When I think the hard times, like it's, it's a cycle going back many, many years yep. too, right? Like hard times create good people. It does. And, um, you know, whether it's, it's the grandparents too, then, then like my grandparents, everyone was soft and the war and then that toughened them all up. And then they're hard people and, and pass that on to the next generation because those hard times were able to flip them. And I think that's what's going to happen. Hard times are going to 
turned out to be soft guys. I hope so, man. It's either that or, or they're not going to make it. I don't know. It's, it's tough, man. Like, uh, I, I don't know. It's... Uh, and, and like you mentioned, the winning environment, everyone needs that feel that purpose or else they're not going to perform or not care about that company. Creating that environment is like extremely difficult. people to feel like they're family here. Yeah. So they come to work, they, it's like you, you can joke around, you can have a good time. You spend a lot more time with your employees than you do your family. 100%. Like 90% of your life is spent at work and... 90% of that time spent with your employees and 10% of the time is spent with your kids and your wife and family and everything. And uh, so if you don't enjoy going to work and you don't enjoy being with the people that you're with, it becomes a sad life, man. Like you have to enjoy it. Like we have a, to be honest, we have a blast at work. Like yeah. we, we have fun out there. We do everything that we need to do. We get work done and you still, you still joke and have fun, right? Like. You mentioned that the good environment, team, etc. I, I don't want to keep you any longer. Oh, no, I know you got to go up, but um, on Caleb's podcast there, the audience, you mentioned the OnlyFans. Yeah. Where where are we at with that? And explain it. And these viewers probably well, probably are confused with that. <laughs> I, I love that idea. Yeah. Uh, so we we've been talking about it. Um, we got into it kind of at the end of last year, kind of uh, getting everything set up. It's a bit of work getting OnlyFans set up. Um, we want to bring like the behind the scenes of the construction industry to the people of OnlyFans or whoever whoever wants to kind of share and and pay for it, right? Like we probably charge it like, ten bucks a month, but it would be like what goes on after work, what goes on at lunchtime, or the, the talks in the truck. Yeah, the talks. So yeah, exactly. Like. <laughs> the stupid shit that said, like uh, stuff about homeowners that like you probably shouldn't say, but you say because you're pissed off. Yeah. Um, even just the joking around between guys, like it's people don't. How many people realize like how out there and crude and weird some of these guys are that work in construction are but we're locked up with a bunch of guys that work every day yeah you, you better believe there's a lot of weird shit that goes on <laughs> so well, yeah it's, it's one thing like capturing it is the hard part though right yeah so that's the hardest part to make it not feel staged because yeah. some i mean i'm fine i can i can sit there and have a conversation with guys whether we're on camera or not on camera, and it's the same conversation yeah. either way. But not not everyone. Even with the podcast, people are all frozen up with the camera. And yeah, and we it's see like, it. We see it with some of our guys. Like when they get on camera, and then it's like they get camera shy, and they don't really want to say the same things that they would normally say. Um, me, I'm not a shit. Like, yeah, I'll tell you this now, or I'll tell you later. I don't care on camera, off camera. I don't care. Um, Hey man, if there's if there's a way that you can make money, and I know about it, like I'm gonna try. <laughs> maybe maybe some of my ideas are dumb, but I, I said this earlier today is uh, I, I've failed numerous times on different things, um, but I've won on a lot. I've won on more than I've lost, um, and and I'm always looking for something new. Like I was telling you earlier, I've actually opened a safari company now. 
Um, and our first trip is supposed to be April 1st of this year to Kenya. Um, that's always been my passion, man. Like, I, I love animals. I love exotic animals. Um, so that's where I'm kind of pushing right now. Like, to be honest, if it goes really, really well, I don't know. I don't know what my next steps are, man. Like, I, uh, as my kids get older, um, I, I don't know. Like, obviously, if I start doing safaris to Africa, I'm going to be gone a couple weeks every month. And do you run them yourself or you have people over yeah, there? Yeah, well, so at the beginning, I'll be doing them. Yeah. Um, and what, you like driving around? And... Yeah, like I'll have a guide from there as well. Yeah. Um, but just having like a, a, I don't know, a Canadian with somebody down there. Yeah. Most of our tours are with like seven to nine people. Having like that Canadian that's been there and knows like the sights and the scenes and what to do and what yeah. not to do, people feel like safer. Um, so I'm like, I'm torn, man, because I miss a lot of my kids growing up. Um, I mean, my kids are three and eight months. I just seen my little girl loves me. Like she <laughs> calls me and tells me everything. And, uh, to be honest, my wife gets mad because when she calls me, I'm happy. <laughs> my wife calls me, then I just say, Hey, how's it going? What's up? <laughs> Whereas when my daughter calls, it's like, Oh, hey baby, how are you doing? <laughs> And I joke with her, um, but it's, I don't know. Um, I, I broke my back twice. So landscaping is obviously in pools are only in my cards for so long. Yeah. Um, I got a hernia right now. I'm going in for surgery on Monday. Um, I've, I've, man, I've broken my ankle before working. So like the industry's tough on your body. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I can deal with the broken backs. I can deal with the like hernias and stuff like that. It's the stress. Yeah. Like it's it, it starts to get you after a while, and and when your kids call you and they're crying because you're not home for dinner or you're you're out and you're you're doing other things and you're you're trying to make a life for them. Yeah, I get it. Maybe like down the road they'll understand, but at the same time, like, you only get whatever. It goes by way too quick. You only get 15, 16, 17, 18 years with them. Yeah. And then they're gone. And then that's it, man. Like, you're, you're, I mean, once, once you got 18 years with them, then you're whatever age you are, right? Like, I might be, my daughter's 18, I'll be... If you're almost 50 yeah and, and then you only got you get so many years after that right so I, I mean when I hit when I hit 30 I guess I had kids then at first and I just started thinking on life a little different so I have a, I have a struggle with work-life balance I really like work <laughs> and I really like money and I like toys and I like stuff if I live in Canada if my wife would leave and go to go somewhere else like we could move like if she would be okay moving to Africa man I'd be gone I'd take my kids on a heartbeat I'd leave right now I'd be like hey man I'm out of here I'm, I'm gone 
And me and your brother were speaking on this as well. It's like those, there always can be the next thing, and, and especially people like us, we're so so fired up. But it's a scary place to be when it's always the next thing because what happens when you get there? There sometimes could be no more drive or no more this. So learning to enjoy like the process or, or getting there the every day of like, listen, I I love the eating shit to an extent, yeah. and, and you know the struggles all come with it, but. It's, it's, it's hard. hard to it yeah. is, man. And it's like, like I'm, I'm the same way. Like when you, when you get something, you always think that you're going to be super excited when you get it. Yeah. Like when I bought my first lamp bulb, for the first 20 minutes that I was in it, I'm like, oh man, this is super cool. I can't believe I bought it. Yada, yada, yada. And I drove the rest of the way home and. I realized it's just got four tires and it gets me there. Yeah. The same fucking car that was outside did that. Every car on the highway does the exact same thing. It just gets you there. And then, like, when I was really young, my two goals were have a Lambo by the time I was, like, 20 or something like that, or 25, and I wanted to move to California. And I bought my first Lambo when I was, like, 18 or 19 or something. And uh, and you paid cash for it, right? Cash for it. Super excited. Loved the thing. But again, like I said, it was like, at that point I realized I hit the goal I wanted to, and I didn't know what was past it. Yeah. And that's, I've struggled with it for a while now, and I think Cody does too, because like, we have everything, man. Like, Exotic SUVs, McLarens, <laughs> fucking Challenger boats. We just bought another truck outside, like an old 50 or uh, 2500 Dodge. I got my SEMA truck. We got nice, like, everything's decent. I just built a house, like, I don't have a mortgage. I'm 32 years old. I built a 5,000 square foot house. But, like, nothing gets me excited anymore. Yeah. The only, like, you've seen it two seconds ago. The only thing that excites me anymore, man, is my daughter calling me. Uh, or I want to home with her and I'm playing with her. Like, I, I, somebody could show up here and be like, hey, man, here's a brand new Rolls Royce. It's yours. Don't even pay for it. And be like, okay, cool. Thanks, buddy. I'm going to go up and eat with my kid. Like, yeah. it, it just, I, I don't know if that's just getting older or what it is. But, like, I just... I, I don't know. I, I, I talked like this with uh, um, Amin as well yeah. and said the same thing. It's like, I used to enjoy doing so many things and I don't know if it's just, I don't know how to enjoy things anymore or I only enjoy work. It's like I get excitement and thrill out of like opening a new business or like trying to do the next thing and and open and and create and hiring and everything i get excitement out of that a little bit i guess yeah um to see it run as a well-oiled machine exactly right it hopefully gets there but like i used to love going to like the movies just watching a movie yeah and like going to concerts and like doing different things like going to the racetrack and this and that and now I just, I, I don't know, like it's, it's hard to, I don't know how to say it, like it's just hard to 
you just all, once you get to a point in a business where you got so many employees, you know that they rely on you. I guess maybe it's just like, you feel like you got a weight on your shoulders all the time because what happens if yeah. you can't provide for your family? Then you can't provide for whatever, the other 15 families that work for us. And then, and then it just spirals out of control. It's like, okay, well now, what do I do at that point, right? So you're, I don't know, I just, maybe, maybe it's a stress, maybe it's... Well, it's not for the pain of heart, like, entrepreneurship is it's one hell of a game. It is. How do you sport? A hundred percent. off for everyone, and you'll, you'll figure that out real soon. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, so, I mean, I, like I said, I, I couldn't imagine working for somebody else. I couldn't imagine doing something different. Like, I enjoy what we do. Yeah. Um... I think the the easiest part about the job is doing the work. It's all the other bullshit that comes. One hundred percent, like dealing with the client, dealing with the cities, and that like that's that's a big one now. Um, They're getting strict and strict. It's getting more strict. Harder to deal with the cities. It's getting harder to get rid of dirt. Like they just added in that uh, you need soil samples on pretty much every job that you get dirt coming out of. which is just like another added expense that yeah. the homeowner doesn't really want to pay for. So you got to try to build it into your cost and like you're trucking dirt now, if you're doing work in Toronto, you're trucking dirt two hours away. So a round trip is four hours. One truck is doing two hours a day yeah. and you're paying them 1300 bucks or whatever, a thousand dollars a day each. Like you're $2,000 just to get rid of two loads of dirt. And I mean, that's, that's cause we're trucking it. Like, with guys that we know, but we know other companies that are paying for bins to get rid of dirt, and they're paying like twenty five hundred bucks a bin to get rid of dirt. So they're getting rid of two loads of dirt. It's five thousand dollars just gone right there. It, it gets tough to make money at that point, and I think as as a lot of these dump sites fill up and places to get rid of dirt, like we have, we're lucky. We got one really good site that we can get rid of dirt about an hour and a bit out of. Uh, the city or Vaughan or wherever yeah. we're at, it's pretty central. Um, if, if we lost that, I uh, I don't know. I, I I think I think the long term in this industry is going to be the guys win who have places to get rid of their that and the quality. Their quality needs to speak for themselves because that's the only way you're going to yep. um, stand out and be able to charge what you actually need because. Uh-huh. If like it's getting so fast growing, it's getting even worse as, yeah, as we progress. There's so much competition, and, and that's that's how you guys. That's your model. You are the best, and you try. Yeah, to- we just. You know what? I don't ever look at anybody as competition. I don't think there's any competition in this industry. I don't think there's any competition in any industry. To be honest, I think if you provide quality work, if you charge the right prices, then you're not competing against anybody. You're just going to work to do your job. Yeah. Um, and I think if more people thought about that, I think everybody would do better. Like you, you hear of uh, like collusion going on between different industries, like the gas industry and that, where gas stations will be like, okay, let's bump our gas up by five cents each and we all make money. And I think if everyone wins, everybody wins. I think if the landscape and the pool industry came together and went, hey, 
here are the numbers. Like almost, I mean, it's similar to union work, but if everybody came together and went, hey, this size of pool doesn't sell for any less than 65 or 75,000 or whatever the number is yeah. per pool or interlock is not done in any less, sorry, like 28 or 30 bucks a foot, then the whole industry would grow and people would kind of get the hint, like, okay, this is what we need yeah. to charge. And at the end of the day, if you go to a job and I go to a job, I don't care if you get the job. I don't care if I get the job because I know the work's going to still come. But if the homeowner likes you better, I want them to go with you. Yeah. I want that homeowner not to just go with me because my price. If I show up at a job and they're like, oh, your price is cheaper. I want to go with you because of that. I'm like, eh, this doesn't sound like the way that I want to be. I want you to go with me because you like it. Yeah. I want to come to work and you'd be like, hey, man, you know what? Come to my house. I got breakfast made for you because I like you. You're a good person. That's what I want. Like, I... I I don't like working for clients anymore that, that treat you like shit, man. Like, don't bring the guys water or lunch. Yeah, or man. Like, I mean, water's the biggest thing. Like, me and Cody actually have a, a thing with uh, quoting now. If we go to a quote and we don't get offered a drink or a bottle of water while we're there, we decline the job. Really? Yeah. And we'll tell them straight at the end of the quote. And we, we typically charge for our quotes. We charge 250 bucks to go out and... Uh, Meet a client now, um, and at the end of the quote, if they haven't offered us a drink, we just say, hey, we have a thing. Uh, if you don't offer a drink while we're here, then uh, we just refuse to do the job just because in the summer when it's 40 degrees out and we got 10 guys working back here, yeah. the only thing they want is a bottle of water. <laughs> if you do that, the guys are so happy. I'm like, I get it. It's not mandatory to offer me a bottle of water, but at the end of the day, you bring me a bottle of water, that water is like, feels like life or death at the time. What uh, allowed you to get to this stage where you're at for the guys starting out? Um, my biggest piece of advice I ever got from my dad was don't get credit. If, if you're starting out in this industry, it's tough. It's an expensive industry to be in. It's a super profitable industry to be in. But that profit dies come winter. Yeah. Um, so if you're if you're the type of person that wants to eat steak twelve months a year, you better be willing to eat grab dinner for six because you never know. Yeah. Um, and if you have those big payments and everything, and they're year round, and you only work six months out of the year. It's tough, man, because you're you, you have to be good with numbers and you have to be able to crunch and and keep money there for a rainy day because you never know. Um, I mean, even going into this year, there's a lot of guys talking like, who knows what the economy is like, and I don't know, like if if the economy tanks, we're good. We got enough work for the year, but. Are we like gonna be buying new cars and doing stuff like that? No, we we're we're at a point right now where we're conserving, we're keeping our money like tight and yeah. watching what we're doing because we watch, like we see and that's why we're looking for other opportunities all the time as well, because at the end of the day it pools of landscaping get slow. We got our hardscape supply company, um, that does some money, um, the spray foam company, that's 
There's always new houses being built. The safari company, people are always going to travel. Um, so really diversify. Yeah, like, I mean, once you get to a point, we focused on UPLP Group for like 15 years. Yeah. It was the only thing we did. We didn't have nothing else. It was like, that was it. And now UPLP Group's at the point where like, it pretty much, even though I stress about it and like the economy doing this and that, I know that UPLP Group will always fare well. Okay. Yeah, like we're, we're good. We just, we, we, we know the ins and the outs and what it's going to do and I can walk away and it still do what it's going to do. Um, so that's why I've kind of started doing some other things and yeah. opening other companies. Like, I mean, that being said, like, we've always been pretty diverse, like, and like we used to do paving, we've done driveway ceiling, we've done everything over the years to make sure that we're covered. Like, it's not like, it's not like I'm like, hey, I'm only doing pools and I'm out of here. It's, you never know, right? If one thing's slow, you go to the next. Yeah. Um, and like, I'll always, I hear some people say like, oh man, you know, it's a bad year. And I, I, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, man, I'll always eat. Like I hear people saying it's hard to get a job. And like, <laughs> it's funny, man. Like my, my niece's boyfriend is like, oh, I can't get a job. I can't do this. But man, if you want to work, like, that work it's out there like 100% like I've never never been out like I got in an argument actually with a lady at uh, we were um, we did a job in Muskoka and uh, we, were, we were sitting there and we we're playing pool and this lady's drinking and I got into an argument with her because she's sitting there telling me that Oh, she can't get a job because it's so hard and she drinks and she does this and she doesn't have a car because her car broke down and she has no money. And I'm like, lady, if I left my wallet with you today and I had nothing, I'm like, I'm going to tell you within one week, I would own a car again and I would make sure if it's not a week, within two weeks, I would make sure I made enough money. I don't know what I do. She's like, oh, that's easy for you to say. And I'm like, you're literally sitting at a bar and you've spent $200 tonight, but you tell me you have no money. Well, I didn't pay for all the drinks. My fucking girlfriend paid for this and that. And like, I don't care. It's your time. You're sitting you're at a bar. You're sitting here and you're drinking and you're telling me that you can't get ahead in life, but you're not doing anything about it. I'm like, I know that I could lose everything today. I could walk out of here and literally throw my wallet in the shop and go, hey, you know what, in a month I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna make something. Yeah. And in a month I'd come back and I'd have a business, I'd have a car, I'd have, I'd have something. But without all the hard times building all this shit up, you wouldn't be able to say that. And and all these people coming up and just starting and, and lots of people in the audience, like it all happens for a reason. Hundred percent. The worst thing you get out of it is the experience. And I'll yeah. tell you one thing that school is not teaching you that. And it's real life experience. It's it is hard to get, it's valuable, and you'll have that the rest of your life. Yeah, and you gotta just you gotta be willing to lose. Like you gotta I tell people, especially when they're young, because when you're young, you still live at home. If if 
something goes wrong, mom and dad are never gonna let you go hungry. Like yeah. they're still gonna put food on the table. Um, that opportunity is so easy to do. Like you can, you can work and you can, you can fail. Yeah. At the end of the day, you, you didn't really lose anything. Sure, you may have lost your money that you've saved up and everything like that. But, but the you lesson you learn from that is worth so much. Exactly, more. right? Yeah. And so if you can, if you can learn to fail and come back stronger, you, you'll never, you'll never, it's never a failure. Like oh. I don't, I don't ever look at a loss as, oh, that sucks. I shouldn't do it anymore. I go, what did I screw up? What could I have changed to make it better? All right, let's do it. Yeah. And if you're always ready to act, you're good, man. It's like, and, and it's, I think a lot of people look at life as a different, in a different light. Cause you'll, you'll, you'll talk to people and they'll go to the casino and they'll lose a hundred dollars every single time they go to the casino. But they'll say that, oh man, I can't take the risk to go into business for myself. But then they'll go to the casino and lose a hundred dollars every time. Or they'll buy lottery tickets every single day to hopefully win the lottery one day. And you might as well bet on yourself. A hundred percent. I would like me, I'll bet on myself every single day. Because yeah. I know that if somebody tells me I can't do something, you best believe, man. Like, if there was a bet on the line that I couldn't have something by the end of the year, I'm not losing. <laughs> 100%, right? So, like, I finished school early, um, like high school, back when I was in high school. Um, and, like, even in high school, I got told that because I did grade 12 classes when I was in grade 10. I had yeah. grade 11 classes when I was in grade 10. Um, I finished a year and a half early. And because I hated, I hated school, but I also wanted to work and I wanted to make money. And then I went to university after that. Like I said, I dropped out, but um, I came out and I had teachers betting on me that I wouldn't be able to pass. I didn't want to, they called, they called my dad and said, hey, he wants to take these classes, but we're not allowing them. And my dad's like, if he wants to take them, I'll take them. Um, and I, I told them, I'm like, if I fail, it doesn't impact you at all. Yeah. Like if I go to your class and I'm in a grade 12 class or grade 10, and I don't pass the class, it does not impact your life. You still go home and you still eat your dinner and you still come to class and you teach the other kids. If I'm an idiot, that sucks. But if I know that I can go into these classes and pass them and finish school early, and I did summer school and everything to finish early, then like, and I had teachers bet on me that I wouldn't finish. Okay. And like when I went up for my graduation, um, I basically told the teachers, I called the teachers out right on the, like at my prom or whatever graduation and said like, this teacher said I wouldn't be able to do anything. That's I wouldn't enough. amount to nothing. Like my Lambo's parked in the in the parking lot, and uh, I know what you drive, so go fuck yourself. Essentially, That's and I dropped the mic and walked out. And I said, before I dropped the mic, I said, for any of you kids that are here, that a teacher tells you that you can't do something, fucking prove them wrong. That's Show them that you can do it, and and get to that next level and be better than them. Because at the end of the day, there's so many people in this world that just want to knock people down, and like. 
it, it, it's sad, man. Like, cause like you're out here, you're fighting, you're you're you're, you're a warrior, essentially. Like you said, like you're putting everything on the line that you have, and all your buddies and friends that you think are friends are like, oh man, that's stupid. I don't know why you don't just work here. Like, I don't know why you didn't go to school. I don't know why, why you, you come to parties. Why don't you come to party? Ah, oh, you're no fun. You're this and that. And then, but then they're online and they're posting like, oh, the new Gucci bag just came out and whoever's carrying it around and not oh, so cool, but it's like, they don't share your stuff. Yeah. And it's like, these people support these people that are already made it. And then once you make it, they come back around. They're like, oh man, you're doing so good for yourself. You were just so, lucky. Yeah, you were lucky. You're like, oh, it's, it must be nice or whatever. And it's like, do you not remember the time when I didn't have anything and like I was sitting there struggling and you were telling me I was an idiot and, and like, I, I don't know why you do this. And now here I am and I'm doing good. And now you're coming back and being like, oh, that must be nice. No, it's like, fuck yourself essentially, right? So, yeah, no, we're, I don't know, that's, that's my take. That's, that's awesome, Kyle, and yeah, I'm sure if somebody can relate to you, and I can relate, I, I got out of school early, everyone was saying the exact same shit, I didn't even get an invite for my grad. Yeah, man, and, like it's, you know, it's because it's we love it, and it doesn't, doesn't fucking matter at all, and I'm gonna get used to the teacher parking lot, right? Like, that's, yeah, that's it, man, like you, you, you get it, like there's, there's, there's guys that get it, and you're young, and you, I literally see myself through you, dude. Like you're, you're literally the exact same as I was as a kid. I had that drive. I was motivated. I knew where I wanted to get, and I see you know where you want to get. Like you have a goal. You know, like, all right, if I push and I work hard. And when you're young and you do that, hopefully by the time you're in your thirties, you're like you're cruising. And like, well, and it's not possible without <coughs> like yourself as well. And I encourage everyone out there: just reach out. Like, don't be scared to have the conversation. Oh, Guys like yourself and, and you know, or everyone's always open to help and that's why people are out there. Don't don't be stuck in your bubble at all. Exactly. And it's all out there for us to succeed. There's never an excuse. Exactly. So, um, listen, Kyle, I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Have, have me up there. Anytime. Awesome. Yeah, so, super cool. You guys are coming. Appreciate it.